You're your friend Kristen's in Toronto? Yes. Yeah. I'm here because I'm just, I have a fitting tomorrow for um, a movie that I'm shooting in two weeks in Hamilton. What did you book? So, Why does everything film in Hamilton also? But what did you book? But I won't put it in because I know it's like, a, you know, did you sign an NDA and all that? No, yeah. No, no, I haven't signed anything yet. So I think we're, I think we're good. Um, it is like a really funny, raunchy comedy um, with Jonas Chernick, uh, who's a Canadian kind of comedian actor. And um, yeah, that was one, a little miracle that happened for me in in the midst of the beginning of sobriety, which has been nothing but a series of miracles. But <laughs> <laughs> so you so you went to Ryerson, then you were you living in Toronto before the pandemic, or did you? I you lived in for the last few years. I've been in winter the last few years. Um, I did one year in the city after school and I sort of like I got into a relationship when I was at Ryerson in my last year and then we moved in together like so many young people things happened very quickly for me and I just found myself first off working in a restaurant like a lot obviously to afford rent and then like thrown in like I just got an agent I'm doing film and tv auditions for the first time in my life and like didn't know what the fuck I was doing obviously and I became really overwhelmed really quickly and obvious and and I'm like 21 living with my boyfriend and things aren't going well and it was like it felt so like so much and I money ran out really quickly and I just became very got to a point where I was very overwhelmed and was not about to renew um my I wasn't about to live there another year I was like I need to step back I knew something was going on with my mental health that was pretty intense and scary and I knew something was going on with addiction for myself so I but that was all at the time really private and like I, I wasn't being honest with myself about that. Mm-hmm. So I just was like, it's time to go home. And I did. And it's three years later now, which is crazy. Um, yeah, I don't know. Wow. It's- so you moved back to Windsor and you like kind of had an inkling that something was up. I find like, it's so funny. It's not funny, but I find like one of the reasons that I'm relieved that I quit drinking is because all of like the most talented, beautiful people who kind of show the world this like part of themselves. That's like, like, I think if you have the talent to make people laugh or to make people feel welcome or warm or good, you'll give that out to the world as much as you can and the more depressed you get the more you try to give that out to the world more and more and more and like that's where working in a restaurant was kind of bad because I just wanted everybody to have a good time so badly like I just wanted like everyone to have an amazing dinner or whatever strangers to have an amazing dinner like I think that because you know how shitty it is to feel sad that like you just have this like innate if you know you have a gift to make people laugh or whatever you want to give that to them and then you can kind of ignore your own shit a little bit um, yeah and for like sure. and like cover it up um and that's always been hard I think as women too if you're like a pretty girl like you're expected to to show that oh. to the world and you can make people happy just with a smile honey right like that kind of shit and I think that sometimes 
when that's your expectation, it can, like, you can kind of ignore your mental health a little bit. For sure. And I think like authority figures, especially working with like female artists, there's uh, until so recently, it's always been this like impossible expectation of the artists to never be sick, to never be off, always on. Like, and it's, I mean, it was taught to me as early as 13 years old. I went to like a pretty intense high school for the arts and my I mean my high school drama teacher had his license revoked for abuse and it it was drilled into me that if you have any needs you are completely disposable in this industry and of course as someone like you and I who's deeply sensitive empathetic like most artists are like you make yourself into a pretzel for anyone to give you good feedback and that's what I found went hand in hand with my personal substance abuse issues. And like, yeah, that's that spiral down like, that. Yeah. I also find like, you're so right. Like that, like, well, if you're going to miss first, it starts with like, you're going to miss weddings and funerals. And then like, if you don't do this, you don't want it enough. And then basically we're yeah. going to be also sexually abused in the industry. Like, like we're when we we all I mean like speaking frankly every single actress has been put in a position where a man's hand is on your leg and figuratively or literally saying like hey I I could help you um and we've all been there and I think that that power dynamic all of the way that we are told how to be good actresses lead up to that moment it's like almost like we're being groomed for that kind of sexual abuse and sexual harassment and it's in it's insane but that is that's what it led to and same with men like I don't want to say that it doesn't happen to men because it definitely does happen to men as well like there's predators everywhere but it makes you think like well if I don't do this am I you know am I tough enough and I just have to be tougher and I just have yeah. to be, you know and that's where a lot of my drinking problems came from is because like then I was waitressing and men were disgusting towards me and to numb the pain it was so so everywhere like it was everywhere how they would treat me that to numb instead of getting angry it was just too overwhelming to get angry at all of them all of the yeah, ones that treated like just like it's a lot easier to get drunk yeah yeah just get through that moment because you have to get through it in order to be continuing on this path right so like yeah. whatever it takes to get through the shift the day whatever it is and like it's just hard to avoid and it does blow my mind like how many people I'm finding in my own sobriety journey like how many people in the entertainment industry struggle with substances as well like it's insane like there's gotta be a reason and it's like yeah just slowly I'm learning so much in such yeah. a crazy small amount of well that's time. the thing that I've learned it's like the most yeah like the best people the people who make people laugh all of those people usually have substance abuse issues like the funnest people mm -hmm. that I know like and it's funny being sober because now my sober friends I'm like oh all of these people have a lot like we're all like kind of wild motherfuckers <laughs> like we're all like a little <laughs> yeah. like oh like you're never going to fully relate to someone who's like I'll just have this one beer and be on my way <laughs> like you're just like where are the fucked up ones <laughs> yeah, like I just I'm like a little hardcore in every single way <laughs> <laughs> yeah
Uh, no, I think on the other side, I, I was listening to a few of your episodes before I got here and I was like, you said something about worrying about being funny after you stopped drinking. And I totally relate to that. Cause I, I mean, I thought every good quality about me was something that I was sedated into by alcohol. <laughs> I was like, oh, that all, like, there's no way I can just exist in raw reality, like, and be liked. But I thought, I feel like I'm way funnier now. <laughs> that was just so funny. <laughs> like, like, but that isn't that true? Like, once you, you're on the other side of it, and you could look at it and you can laugh about it, even if it's the like darkest shit. The, the beginning of sobriety, done. though, you don't, you're so right, though, you actually oh. don't know how you're just gonna stand there and be yourself. <laughs> Like it's inherently hilarious. Like when you <laughs> when you think about how serious I don't know about you, but like at the like end of my drinking days, not like being cocky, because I'm I personally am only like two months into sobriety myself. I started my journey in like many a time, but like in September <laughs> seriously and yeah. had a few slips along the way. But like I'm like way more lighthearted a person now that I'm, that I have like the time and space to in, like be present with people. Back then I think about it and I'm like, when I was struggling, I was such a fucking doom and gloom person. Like I was constantly just like, I have this dark secret like everywhere I went. Like I just see people doing normal things and be like, I'm an alien. Like how, like, <laughs> I'm, how are you just ordering a smoothie? Like I'm lying to myself every day, eating healthy food and then getting dickered so, by myself. Sometimes, sometimes I'd hang out with like my emotionally stable friends and I'd like sit across from them. Like we'd go for coffee. I hadn't seen them in a while. And like, I'd say some shit and then I could see they couldn't relate. And they'd be like, yeah. <laughs> I would be like, because like, I would be like, <laughs> I would be like yeah like life's so fucking hard like it's dark and like this is dark and that's dark and like men are like this and like that and they're like I have a really nice boyfriend and, and like I like, like my job <laughs> like, just trying to stay positive <laughs> 100 fucking percent I had like really bad mental health issues that I thought were super fucking like I thought that they were inherently in me and all this shit and then it turned out it was just alcohol like I thought I had I had a narrative about myself that I had a deep anxiety problem I'd be like, it's my anxiety, you guys. I have really bad anxiety. I really struggle with anxiety. And I know it's like a buzzword of mental health. And then when I quit no. drinking, I was like, oh. You're like, this is you? <laughs> I'm, not that, I'm not a very anxious person. Like, I have anxiety <laughs> sometimes, of course, like everyone. If I have an audition that I'm nervous for, I get nervous, like normal. Yeah. But like, I don't have like anxiety like how I used to. Like, I used to fucking shake and shiver like a squirrel. Like, it was really bad. I had, like oh, severe mental God. health issues. And it's terrible because all of them came from alcohol but no one around me at the time would have been like you're an alcoholic or maybe quit drinking like no one would suggest that ever they would have thought that that was like crazy to suggest which is one of the reasons yeah. I have my podcast because it's like well maybe like all of us should not do this well the, like that's the thing is I mean the num like the thing that made me finally like get help and actually get sober was just talking to another person who been through the same thing and that's it feels really hard to find that when you're in the moment of like constantly trying to hide the fact that you're having an issue because you why would you go and talk to someone they're gonna find out like I I just it's so powerful to talk about it and I don't know it's 
I, you have to be ready as well. I think like everyone is going to struggle alone for a while. Who decide? I think who decides to get sober? Hats off if you just are like, I, I've had a couple bad instances and I'm done with alcohol because it's hard. Like, I don't think I had, I think that I was surprised that I had a problem after I quit. Like, I think that what happened to me is like, I quit and then I was like, oh my God, I feel so fucking much better. Oh my yeah. God, I had a problem. Like, and it was like, oh, oh no, like, but I didn't know when I was in it because I was so enveloped of it in it in Toronto and like wine culture, like it's weird. Once mm. you graduate from partying, you start winoing. Fancy now you're an adult girl. and you're a fancy girl now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh God. No. Oh my God. I just think about like, I think sometimes about like the going out when you're like just getting all done up and gorgeous to go out and then like seeing a photo of yourself at 3 a.m. in a poutine place after you just like made out with a stranger, like looking like a corpse. And like now you just, I, I live in for the like nights where you go out and you, you get yourself all nice and you get home at like not a ridiculous hour and you still look nice and you like do your skincare and get in bed. It's like, whoa, what a joy. Skincare is like is like the number one tool of sobriety. I'm like they need oh to start suggesting God. skincare at AA because it's like really <laughs> give you a nice it's like a nice way to end the night. So yeah. you you knew you always like had a struggle with it, and then oh, years yeah. went by and you continued to drink. Were you like a party girl? Like yeah. what kind of drinker were you? Like no, were you like woohoo? Like what kind like, of? Like I was in school. I enjoyed doing. Like I really liked that in school. It's really weird because I was many kinds of drinkers. Like I, Me I didn't too. really drink. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I wore a lot of hats. <laughs> We're actors, people. <laughs> we wear lots of wigs and costumes. <laughs> I was like 10 different kinds of drunk girls, but what were your kinds of drunk yes. girls? <laughs> Mine were two very different kinds of drunk girls. So like, I didn't really drink a ton in high school, to be honest. My parents were pretty, they were pretty, like they let us have, take a beer to a party, but they were pretty strict about things. I, my, I have a lot of alcoholism in my family. Me too. Um, so like, I, I do remember like the first time I ever got drunk was actually the girl I'm staying with right now. Like my best friend, Kristen, we stole polar ice from her parents' uh, liquor cabinet and we <laughs> poured about like a half a cup and then like grape juice. And we just got like flat out drunk that night. And it was like grade 10 or grade 11 or something. Yeah. And I remember thinking this is the best feeling I've ever felt that yeah. time which is pretty, and then the years went by and I just, I knew I felt like whenever there was something where there was going to be drinking, I was really excited. Mm -hmm. And like that slowly I noticed that I think I could tell I like to drink more than other people. And um, yeah, school was like, obviously you're in school like 80 hours a week in theater school, you're doing rehearsal, you're in like class there wasn't much opportunity for like really the the alone drinking to begin like that was like the party binge day. drinking it was crazy binge drinking like you'd get yeah. fucked up with your friends oh, yeah, in a basement cool. apartment 
puking blackout like Mm -hmm. all those good and I like like, I don't know about you but I was always that girl that got like the drunkest I was hospitalized at buddy bash oh my god (laughs) I mean red red fucking flag eh like we're like smiling and laughing it's funny because I'm sober now but yeah like I did yeah Yeah. oh I'm so sorry I was very (laughs) depressed at the time I was very depressed I was very much it was scary right yeah but anyways yeah yeah, I know what you mean binge drinking was huge Hell yeah. Yes. So that was that. And that was definitely, I remember feeling like I was really homesick. And whenever I drank, I felt that melt away and like all my anxiety, social anxiety, it just like went away and I felt funny and I felt like, I felt like the best ever, you know? And then it wasn't until like the first time I went, Ooh, this is kind of weird was like graduating I remember I didn't have a job. I like went home for a couple of weeks, like right after we graduated. And then I came back and I was like, I had no money. I had spent all my money and like everything from like all the lent money as well. Like I was not in good shape financially. And I was too afraid to like let my family know that I was struggling. And I remember like I was gifted a bottle of vodka for some I think for my graduation and I just remember being like well I don't have a job I'm just gonna get drunk today and it was like just a random summer day and I just like drank alone and I remember thinking like I felt this like red flag in me just being like this is not cool but I was like whatever and the common theme in afterwards like after that in front of other people I drank like normally I I was yeah I enjoyed holding a glass of wine and feeling like classy and I was a bartender and you know we all drank at the bar after work and that was normal and then there was like some level of me feeling like very feminist for like I'm just gonna drink this whiskey like I just like anything tough felt like a fuck you to my sensitivity and my feminine side anything that made me feel stronger felt like the right thing to do to like eliminate my sensitive little soul that's how I felt like I I kind of drank I feel like because the feminine side of me was weak and the feminine side of me was the one that was attacked or sexually harassed or the feminine side of me was the soft side and all of these like whatever that is and I I thought that the feminine side of me is kind of like what I hated I was angry for sure and I would like if I could fucking drink for drink with grown men which I could if I would go out on a date with a guy I could easily like shot for shot him and be more sober than him I thought I was a fucking badass because of that. And like, I look back now and like, since I got sober, I actually feel like, I know this is so like, eh, but like I healed my feminine kind of, like I feel like so much more in touch with my feminine and like so much more strong in that. Like, I'm like, no, totally. it's not weak. It doesn't suck. Like, fuck this, like, no. But well, I the ironic seen- thing is like, when you're the drunkest person, like I remember always looking up to the maternal figure like the person who's everyone's mom I like secretly always wanted to be that person I like that actually is me inside but I'm wasted I can't take care of me (laughs) like Mm -hmm. so it's just funny that 
because we don't like nurture that side of people even from like kindergarten age like we yeah remote well, we strength tell everyone that that's like that's not like that's a terrible quality to have of you and even yeah. our hyper feminine wow. I always say this our hyper feminine heroes are Regina George and like evil like mean women except for legally blonde like Elle Woods that's our only like positive hyper feminine archetype like most mm -hmm. archetypes that are hyper feminine are evil and so yeah. you're I think that if you are you you're trying to reject that inside of you at all times and I think alcohol might have been like a way for me to do that for sure like it made me feel like a cowboy like more badass. <laughs> yeah yeah I just there was something that I, I couldn't let go of that felt strong but then of course like it it when you're sober that's can be such a superpower and just like I am always like my faculties are always operating at 100%. Like I can freaking save you from burning building like at any time. Yeah, I'm being emotionally stable and being there for your friends. Like sometimes I think that to myself, like I've said that, but like sometimes I feel like I'm not fun anymore. And I'm like, yeah, but you're a way better friend. You're way better. Like you're way better in every single way now. Yeah, like, I'm like, never going to like, I'm never going to shake my ass on a bar top again, probably, but maybe but you probably <laughs> will though <laughs> honestly you might have the friggin' energy to do it like challenge yourself to do it <laughs> sober what a traumatic experience <laughs> oh that would be amazing amazing <laughs> i'll do it with you yeah well that we have to do it together obviously like in a tony robbins way too like we attack our oh, goals. God. It's about drive. It's about power. We stay hungry. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone, oh yeah, no, that's that. What an image. I so do like. I haven't done a whole lot of like being out at like bars and stuff since I started. But I'm like, I in the few little instances, I was like, I am excited, and I do feel like being around a bunch of drunk people. There's something fun about it. They okay. They also. It takes time. Like for, well, I mean, I yeah. think it's different for everyone. It took a little bit of time mm -hmm. for me. I actually like have just started being able to really go out and enjoy drunk people around me um, sober and they are fucking hilarious, but you do have to watch out because if they know you're sober and then they get drunk enough that they feel comfortable talking to you about it and then they will confess all their secrets to you. Like oh, you yeah. do become like a mom and then they'll be like, can I tell you something? And literally like, like they, they will tell you everything. And you're like, oh, okay. Like, wow. Story of my Christmas. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> oh my God it was, was your first sober Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. I don't know, man. I haven't, okay. The only bad like thing that I felt like sucked to get over was New Year's Eve. But that really had nothing to do with not drinking. I was sick. I am COVID free. I've tested a million times and I'm negative, but I have like a really bad cold. You can probably hear like, I've got like sexy cold voice. <laughs> yeah, um, sounds great. Yeah, thanks. I always, I always really like cold voices. That's like hot. I don't know Me why. Too. The only thing I never want to sound like is a vocal, like a crazy vocal fry. I can't listen to any girl's podcast with vocal fries. Like even if I love their content, if they're yeah. like, eh. Oh, hey, yeah. what? Uh, <laughs> just I'm like, I can't fucking, I'm like, I can't, it burns my fucking ears. Like, I can't do it. It's like lava. Um, so you had tried a couple times, you said to get sober. What do you think it was about this time? How was your drinking during the oh. pandemic? 
horrible. Yeah, <laughs> that's that was my way of talking. I was like, if I didn't have a problem before, I did during the pandemic. Yes, yeah. that was like the crux of it. Like that's where shit. Like just I hit a speed bump with it all. Like basically, like yeah. So I moved home. I'm like working in a job that I I'm enjoying, but then I'm in a relationship and we're long distance now, and that didn't fix the problem. So we broke up, and then. I like then like I'm trying to live my life I'm drinking a shit ton but like at the time I'm like just shoving the knowing that it's a problem under a rug and then Mm -hmm. I broke out really horrifically in acne that fall after he and I broke up and then went on Accutane now for a long time I kind of thought because Accutane is a pretty like it's a pretty intense drug to take it Mm -hmm. it can affect your mental health quite a bit so I honest to God thought for the longest time, and then like my eyesight wasn't great. I was blaming me drinking a shit ton on not being able to see, <laughs> being on Accutane and being like, I didn't, I couldn't drink for like four months. I, I did drink on Accutane. <laughs> if that doesn't tell you you have a problem, then You can't nothing. drink on Accutane? You're not supposed to. It's really intense on your liver. So like you shouldn't do any more damage to your liver. I didn't. I like for the most part didn't drink during that time, but like I had a few instances where I did and learned my lesson. So I think when I went off, which, okay, so now I have glowing, gorgeous, flawless skin. I'm ready to live my life. I'm over my ex. I'm like, let's go. I'm ready to party. COVID hit. So we're in lockdown. And so you were sober when COVID hit, you were doing really well. I, yeah, I just come okay. off Accutane and I wasn't really drinking, but I was like, I was just ready for life. And I had but just- you hadn't made a commitment to being sober yet. You just no, weren't no, really no. drinking, but you weren't like, I'm going to be sober. No, no. I, I only wasn't drinking because of the Accutane um, for the most part. And so at that point, I just felt like very resentful towards the world because I was like, I just, I I felt like I had just spent so much time being isolated and now I'm isolated again. Mm -hmm. And we just, in my house, started doing cocktail Friday. I like make a mean cocktail. So we were doing that and it just felt like such a a strange time where there was space to like, just say there are no rules to anything. And who's to say I can't drink this whole bottle of whiskey tonight like it was just an absurd time and also at the same time I was like my sole prerogative every day was like I'm gonna get as creative as possible I'm gonna paint I'm gonna write I'm gonna write a freaking screenplay and I believed at the time that like alcohol and all of that went hand in hand Mm -hmm. and very quickly hashtag (laughs) me too yeah yeah. yeah 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 was living in just this fucked up life like just at every opportunity like just getting drunk and doing art and then waking up the next day being like why am I horrifically hungover literally after a night of just hanging out with myself and that then so then it's like you'd think that might make you stop but it just I just kept doing it over and over and at this point I'm like journaling all the time about like stopping and wanting to stop and then two days later writing about 
drinking more I, it was it was so weird and then it, it was like a year of that and I could totally lost myself um like I just had no moral compass by the end of it and basically what had happened to make me stop was um I had an, a job opportunity come up for this summer to like <laughs> manage a smoothie bar at this like paddle boarding place in Windsor so it was like the coolest place to go in the summertime and I was going to manage this little this little smoothie bowl place and it was it was just like a cute job opportunity I just like bought a car um like I don't know it felt like these little things were happening for me and then I get there and I'm trying to have a good mindset about life and at this point I am, I've made a few strides with sobriety, but again, I'm still like trying by myself. I'm, I haven't opened up to anyone about it. It's still like my little secret that I struggle with So alcohol. when you, and when you are drinking, when you're struggling, you're doing it by yourself. Like when you do, when you are doing these little doing relapses, lot. you're doing it by yeah, yourself. Yeah, I was doing a lot of drinking by myself. Mm-hmm. It would be like periods where I drink somewhat normally. Mm-hmm. So like just what's normally like, I like just drinking wine with my family, but like usually an extra glass, like I, I, that sort of thing. And like many days a week, maybe I go a day or two without. When Um, I went a day, it was like pretty wild. Yeah. 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 You like, you're like, holy shit. My liver is clean. Yeah. (laughs) My liver is clean. Like health and wellness, bitches. I just went one day. I don't have a problem. Do you just see that? Yeah. Yeah, it's five o'clock. I only drink after five and I do one day a week sober. So, oh my God. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. So this happened. Okay. So at this point, okay. I can, I've, I would go, okay. There'd be like three day periods or whatever. I would have like a week goal. And if I achieved it, I just like, it was always that I could drink at the end of it. Yeah. And then you just get a fucking annihilated that day and then feel like so bad after that. And it, it was just like this fucking endless cycle. Anyway, so I get this job and I go and I'm like, maybe this is this chance. I don't know, this opportunity. I, it's like at this point, I already know and I'm already journaling about it. I just haven't opened. I'm not ready to stop at that, honestly, is the answer. Um, but I'm torturing myself and I don't trust myself and it's all kinds of bad. Um, and then I like go and I meet this guy and he was like kind of my dream human. Like it was like, if I could just invent my like dream future husband, (laughs) it was like this guy. And I was like, what the fuck universe? Like why I'm a mess. (laughs) Why do I have to meet him now? And he's like interested in me. And I was just like, oh God. And at this point, I'm just like, great, great. This is it. This is my, okay, we're going to date. And that's going to solve all my problems. I'm lonely. That's the problem. That's why I'm drinking so much. Well, (laughs) uh, we start dating. And of course, I just want to be like perfect. I just want to be like normal girl. So like, I drink with his family on Canada Day and like, you know, try and be normal but like for me it's what I've realized is that when I have one drink it 
like I have like it is just an ongoing craving so even if I can drink normally in front of his family I would go home and be like like I would just think about the next time I can numb out like in the time between drinking normally and like being on my deathbed like praying for sobriety so like this happened on and off all summer I'm like living in fear like I was constantly in like this fear state of like oh my god I'm gonna lose everything that feels really good right now and I'm also like this guy like didn't drink very much he was like really fitness focused and like health focused and so was everyone I was around that summer so it felt like this contrast I was constantly seeing these people who I wanted I just like wanted what they had but I had you know you like I just felt very separate from them and that pressure caused me to like relapse over and over and over so I was constantly in a state of like I just couldn't connect with him and did you feel like uh, did you feel like if you got sober like did you feel like because they're all like health and fitness like hashtag health and fitness people and you're like this imperfect human being that if like you fully got sober then you'd lose like then you wouldn't be them but you wouldn't be you that's what yeah. it was like for me like and even now I feel like a fucking imposter I'm like I have a fucking six-pack and I'm like eh, yeah but like they're those people and I'm me <laughs> like you know like yeah I don't drink yeah. at all I have it like but like I still feel like that yeah like I like I, just, I was so afraid of who I become because I knew I'd still be an imperfect person I would never be that like perfect like fucking yeah but isn't that so great like I think what the flat fast forward to now like the cool thing I realized is that like what a great up like how beautiful is it that we get to see what life is without alcohol and like how you get to heal and also like embrace that part of yourself that is that shadow side of you and like bring it into the light so that people can see that it's like not it doesn't make you super separate and alien and all these things that you feel in that moment and then in fact like it brings you together with people like as you know like this talking openly about this stuff feels terrifying but it's so helpful to someone out there who like is on at the end of the rope that like who cares if this ruins my reputation with someone you know what's so weird though is it hasn't like I know I always am scared of that and it's funny because I know I need to start promoting my podcast more since I rebranded and when I was a bimbo podcast it was so easy to advertise and be funny but now I feel so uncomfortable advertising it and I'm like but now you have like such an important thing to advertise but it's like because I'm talking about like my sobriety and shit it's just so scary and I was actually talking to my mom about that I'm like listen like it's not that I'm not motivated every day to like give it 100% I am but I'm scared of really making it successful because then every like what if someone makes fun of me (laughs) (laughs) what if (laughs) (laughs) like it's so it's fucking weird like I know but it's just such a vulnerable place and I'm like I've like like it's just so I know it's just such a vulnerable place but it's so important and like it's just so important so what made you like that last like the two months two months ago like what what made you do it well I had the end of like so we dated for like three months I think and it, it was like amazing like for the most part other than me being like oh fuck like constantly in my own head and struggling um 
he broke up with me pretty suddenly at the end of summer and I'm gonna go ahead and say like I don't know and I like you know I wish him well and I hope it had a little to do with my drinking but like a hundred percent like it affected every relationship I had in every aspect of my life so I'm now like at that point like my biggest fear was like calling myself an alcoholic and <laughs> losing this person and now I'm like faced with the two biggest fears that I have <laughs> and it was like and also like so now we've broken up and I was very devastated so I just the drinking got really bad for like a week and I did get to a point where I was like this is gonna go one of two ways like I'm gonna die <laughs> or like I'm gonna completely change my life um it was really scary but like at the you're the only person who can make that decision and so at that point on a really bad day I reached out to someone I knew who was sober um and I just said like I need help like I can't do this by myself and he hooked me up with someone who is now my sponsor and I do go to meetings for me it's like so useful and helpful um I know that there's like a lot of I know there's a lot around the religious aspect of of like AA or CA or whatever um, fellowship but like for me thankfully the way it was all described to me was like you very much can work with your own idea of something greater than yourself to help you along the way just anything like yeah and ever since that I have been on this journey and so if you feel like you need to reach out for that kind of help or like want to talk about that sort of thing anyone listening I highly recommend it and I think it's really scary I think people are afraid to go that far but like it's the difference between me like constantly being in the shadows and like finally healing and finally being out about this stuff <sighs> I think you'll what kind of relief was it to know that like you just won't drink again like that you just are sober and I mean that like not in a way that like you know like relapse or whatever but like I mean mm -hmm. it like when you're not committed to being sober like you are so scared to go to a social event or this mm -hmm. or that like did you just feel such a relief when like you just yeah, committed to well, yourself it just like yeah for me like just personally like saying in one way or another that I'm an alcoholic is like been extremely freeing it's the scariest thing I've ever done but it's also like that is it because no one's gonna fuck with you and shove alcohol in your face if you're like I'm a raging alcoholic okay, so that's that's my you... favorite thing to do to people is when like if they push my buzz socially I go like so like they'll be like so like you don't drink and like I've only been to a few like social events where they're strangers and they meet me or whatever and they ask me like a going away party and um this girl was like so you don't drink and I was like no and then she's like well like are you doing a challenge I was like no she's like well are you religious I was like no and then um she was like well just have one and lot. I was like and I just like looked right in her eyes like she was just a fucking annoying bitch I just looked at her eyes I was like I have a problem <laughs> <I love laughs> and, she, and she was just like uh, and I was like it's 
awesome. Because, like, I had my makeup done. I think people don't expect, like, if you're put together, like, they associate alcoholism with something that it's not. And, like, I just said, I have a problem. And, the, and she was like, uh, and I was like, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's so funny yeah. that you say that, too. Like, for the longest time, like, I would trick, I mean, I lied to myself for so long, but I would trick myself. <laughs> like, I saw a meme that was like, I couldn't possibly be an alcoholic. I just bought a plant. Alcoholics don't buy plants. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, our our stereotype of what that is. A hundred percent. And even, like, like with me, like I didn't have an addiction to it. It was very easy for me to quit. Yeah. And I just felt nothing but relief when I quit. So I don't call myself yeah. an alcoholic, but I don't mind if yeah. I don't mind the word or anything like that. I just don't want to take up space. Um, more so it's like, no, I don't yeah. want to take up space um, in in that space because it was so easy for me. Like I literally, I was like, yeah. fuck this, right? But exactly. I definitely had like super fucking, it doesn't matter what you call it because under the fucking umbrella, it was extremely problematic <laughs> drinking and it was ruining my life. So like yeah, that could be yeah. alcoholism too. It just yeah. depends on what everybody's definition is, right? Like some, totally. it just depends. Um, yeah, but yeah, no, I think like the, so without it in my life is like the greatest fucking relief ever. And like yes. knowing that I go to social events and like I drink soda pop and I leave at 10 p.m. is the best fucking feeling in the world. And I don't care what anybody <laughs> says. Like you can call me whatever the fuck you want. And I definitely had a problem. And like it fucked up my mental health royally. Are you dating at all yet? No. Not yet. No. I, I've been dating myself. <laughs> yeah. It's, like- it's weird to date. You're going to be like, oh, fuck. Like this is easier. I don't know. For most people I've talked to and for myself. Oh. It's way easier than you think because drinking fucks up a lot of your relationships. Yeah. I know. I feel like I'm terrified to start dating because I'm like, everyone's just going to fall head over heels in love with the new me. That's actually kind of a a problem. And all my ex-boyfriends, all my ex-boyfriends are like, hey, how I want to get back together with you. And I'm like, yeah, because I'm not fucking crazy now. I feel a little crazy. <laughs> that's amazing they're literally like hey how have you been like you look so good you look like you're doing so well I'm like yeah you definitely now that I'm emotionally stable that's good to hear it was never my fucking personality though but like oh I was just really God. I was really like I was really like when I like I would just do things like like I would I have like avoided attachment that's my 2022 like goal is like I'm seeing a therapist and to really figure out my dating life because I got I've really bad avoided attachment and do you know what avoided attachment is so there's like um, all different kinds of attachment styles that we all like you have yeah like all of us have I have heard about avoidance so that means you like push people <laughs> aggressively away if you want them yeah I, I got that I got that one so like awesome. <laughs> I don't know why <laughs> I told so my funny. mom I was like I was like mom I got a this mental illness I'm trying to fix it's called avoiding attachment that's why like I like I don't really like like ever have a boyfriend like like it freaks me out intimacy freaks me out like like not like so no, you kind of sa- so you sabotage something that you want as soon as I feel that, that I'm like catching feelings hard I'm like better never talk to them again it's the right thing <laughs> to do and I literally won't I literally will just never talk to the guy again and he'll be like I feel like you're fucked I feel really bad about it now. I'm healing it. I'm trying to fix it. I know it's fucked up, but she goes, she goes, you don't have avoidant attachment. We're just a little German. And I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? (laughs) You can't blame Germany. (laughs) That's our German side, honey. We're just a little cold. I'm like, no, I don't. You'll never have love. (laughs) No, it's not that. It's just like, yeah, so I'm trying really hard to like fucking fix that. But when I was drinking, my drinking side would 
not be as avoidant so my drinking side I would literally like not text a guy and then suddenly and like he'd feel so rejected he'd think I didn't like him and then I text him and be like I miss you <laughs> drunk <laughs> just to fuck with him like I was literally like an evil bitch I like I have like it's like I said I'm seeing a therapist so I'm gonna really fucking figure it out but, like, <laughs> well I mean like I don't yeah I, I like relate to just being in that state where you don't give you just don't you just care don't about anything care. it's feels so nice when you're in it because you're just like and then you do absurd things obviously like I just constantly be like like I remember before I'd like go on stage for shows I always had this thought always that would make me like have to go to the bathroom because I'd be so freaked out I'd be like what if I just get up there and I don't do any of the things that I practice what if I just don't say the lines and that was the whole the whole energy of being drunk was me be actually enacting like what if I just fuck everything up and then sit there and don't care about it like isn't that like I just was like I can bend the rules of life isn't that insane that's what I was like. 100%. Yeah, it's fun it for was a like, minute. It was, it was so fun. And I also realized, so like, you know how they say drunk? This was one of my biggest epiphanies is that drunk um, drunk feelings are sober thoughts or, or no, drunk actions uh, are sober thoughts, right? Yeah. But like, okay, yeah. so that that's true, but not in the way I thought. I used to think when I like would drunk text ex-boyfriends and shit and fuck with guys, I'd be like, I miss you. Like, I like you so much or all this shit. And like, I didn't actually really mean it. Like I knew the guy wasn't compatible or for me. Sometimes it was because I was avoidant, but sometimes it was just like, I knew this guy wasn't the guy. But mm-hmm. I would be bored, sober. Like I was bored with my fucking life. I learned how to bartend. After a while, you can bartend real good. You go to work, yeah. you make enough money. You bartended a good enough place that you can pay your rent. Uh, yeah. your auditions slow down and then you aren't fucking doing anything like I didn't go to class anymore because I just felt like I didn't find the right class and instead of looking around for like the cool teacher that like I connected with I was just like no fuck like I can't I just like felt overwhelmed gave up yeah and and that feeling and I think it's honestly partly being burnt out from theater school and then you enter the world and you get rejected and you're just like fuck like I can't, I yeah. can't do this. like fuck so I think that's what it actually was I gave up on myself but I was just like fuck so then I realized though that I didn't used to text those guys and fuck up my life because I missed them or like because I was in love with them I used to do it because I was sober bored and drunk me caused chaos for myself mm. later I was like nah yeah you're bored here you go <laughs> have fun waking up tomorrow <laughs> like I think that's actually what I was doing but now I'm like because like when I got sober like my life became so calm and I also yeah. knew, like, like I just know, like, it's so emotionally stable. It's, it is kind of boring sometimes, but then that's why you got to have a podcast. You got to have hobbies. You got to go golfing. You got to fucking go do shit. Cause yeah. No. Yeah. No. But also like, I, I don't know about you. I just like appreciate everything so much more. I feel like I was constantly in a state of being like dissatisfied all the time when I was drinking, like just disappointed I don't know, like, I, I, I personally was such a negative person, and sobriety is, like, the little things bring so much more joy than, like, they ever have, and, like, when you start just, like, having a better relationship with everyone in your life, and, like, when you start connecting with people on a way deeper level than you could ever imagine, like, helping each other, like, that it's so overwhelming. I feel like I'm always crying happy tears like all the time. 
and that uh it's I would never that's the thing is I'd never trade that for going back to the way my life was going like so you think like okay so you know how you said that when you first drank it was like the best fucking feeling ever like mm-hmm. and you just like loved it. and I know what you mean because like I love the feeling I think it's because I give a lot of fucks about life <laughs> that I love <laughs> not get I love not giving a fuck about life and I love being yeah. I loved who it turned me into even though it didn't turn me into anybody that dope but I loved it like I loved it I had this like sense of delusion around like what it turned me into and that was so attractive so then but then because I loved it so much for that that it had a really bad effect on me negatively and then I used it as a coping mechanism for what it caused so it kind of got me in this bad cycle do you like do you know the reason like why you drank or do you think you just innately like fucking love it and it matches your personality really good like no, like, I think if I had to, like, because honestly, I don't feel like I fully understand it yet, but I mean, through, th- like, I started with the therapist, and I think I will unpack that, um, but, like, I think at its core, it's just a mix of, like, being someone who's, who, I think it was just like that sensitive version of me is something I always wanted to like bury. And yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. And in healing, like I did this really amazing meditation that I would recommend to anyone. Like it was a shadow work meditation. So you imagine that you're like going into a basement and like approaching like the worst version of yourself so for me it was like a shell of me that's like on a many day bender like at like just dead (laughs) like it's so drunk or whatever and it's like the the version of you that you judge the most that you're the most ashamed of um and you like imagine holding them and hugging them and telling them that they're gonna be okay and like giving them a kiss and then like you take them up the stairs and you like take them with you rather than like keeping them in the stark basement and that was so healing for me um and that was me just embracing the side of myself that I've always thought I needed to bury which is sensitive little little shy little (laughs) emotional (laughs) artistic Sid rather than like this facade that I've been putting up for so long that's what yeah that's what I'm working out uh with my avoidant attachment issues because yeah I'm, yeah I'm doing the same thing with similar stuff because it's like yeah like the par- part of me that pushes people away because I don't think I deserve love and like because I've been shamed for being like for being vulnerable and in love before and rejected so like then I have to go and take care of that person but it sucks kind of when you're doing it yeah <laughs> it's yeah yeah the shame no, feeling I just feel like shame is really hard I found did you have you yeah. found I mean that's so awesome that you're working with a therapist because I found when I first got sober I really struggled with shame I did anything that was like a crazy rock bottom but I yeah. kind of think I had some rock bottoms that uh that like were kind of rock bottoms but because everybody is fucked up right now in our society like drinking is such a prevalent thing that like no one thinks yeah. that anything is like crazy sound at you know standoutish. and like the the thought that you need to get to this like really really low point in order to stop is like it's gonna prevent you from 
a really amazing life. So just, I, I just wish more people would give it a go at whatever point they're at. And like, in my opinion, you just kind of have to be ready to say like, I commit to this because I don't know when I, when I stopped, I like, I had a few good slips because now I'm talking, now I'm in a room with people and I'm talking about my like piddly little experiences. I'm like, Oh, like my boyfriend broke up with me. And there's like this girl who's like lost her children to her addiction. Like we've got people in the room who've been in horrific accidents and things. And I'm like, and that caused me to go, well, I don't belong here. This isn't for me. I'm not that bad. I'm not that bad. I'm not an alcoholic. And then I quickly showed myself that I, at the end of the day, like, I just don't want to drink. Like I can't do it. And like, it was a beautiful lesson all of the times that I slipped and yeah, learn something great every time. And then like, for me personally, the final stop, like the most important thing I did was not have expectations of like the way it was going to feel or go like not going like I'm going to feel fucking amazing after one month like I was I said to myself like right now this sucks and I don't know when it's going to stop sucking but I believe one day I'm going to wake up and feel incredible and feel really accomplished and really proud of myself and that came much quicker than I how long how long did that take you do you think um honestly I I would have really good days where I was feeling myself like within a few weeks and then I still have days where like I'm really overcome by like just grief about a few things like just just as a really sensitive person like just the memories of like times that I what where I disappointed someone I loved or whatever can like really knock me over but like in sobriety you just learn how to it's so simple like just feel your feeling and sit with it and acknowledge it and then just move along and let it float away like that's such a beautiful skill I I didn't have the ability to just feel something and accept it and accept that it is something that's just passing and that's been like the biggest like thing that's just grown so much self-trust which is the most important thing that's taken my favorite thing that I got is Mm self-trust like going into an audition I trust myself to do my best and if I don't book it if I don't book the next 500 at least I can live with myself knowing I actually like really fucking like gave it my all and like I'm I'm trying every day to be like the best version of myself and that gives you such like a crazy self-trust because when you disappoint yourself and you don't trust yourself anymore like your self-esteem I always thought, like, I say this all the time, but I always thought, like, self-esteem was, like, you think you're hot in a cocktail dress. Like, I thought it was mm-hmm. the same as, like, thinking, look, like, liking what you look at in the mirror. And that's some of it, I'm sure, for some people. But, like, self-esteem is, like, your relationship with letting yourself down and, like, working on your long-term goals and the life you want for yourself and what's right for you over mm-hmm. impressing someone or the high right now or feeling good right now, like or having relief right now like it's about later and if yeah. you can like learn that at any time point in time and like apply it it will totally change your life and make it so much better yeah it's like so simple too you mm-hmm. just do the, you just practice keeping your keeping a promise with yourself over and over and like you build this man it's incredible how much you like learn to love yourself 
I regret like I like I struggle now like with how many years I wasted getting drunk mm -hmm. a lot mm -hmm. and like partying and like hating myself and having all these like self-esteem issues and not keeping promises to myself and I really do struggle with that like to this day and I try to like and, and people tell me like but then you wouldn't be you and you wouldn't be as empathetic and you wouldn't be able to help people because you wouldn't you know you would have stayed in for the last six years <laughs> but it's hard because yeah. sometimes like sometimes I do I do regret it but then all I can do is make it up to myself now yeah and also just yeah like you just said like know that without all of that like you wouldn't be helping people as much as you are right now which you absolutely are I mean I remember seeing you post about sobriety in a time when I was like really closeted about my situation and for me it was like oh my god this beautiful cool hilarious girl I know is like oh you're gonna make me cry talking about her sobriety I've never seen this before and like that was really brave to me and I was like I want to do that one day and that is like I mean we have our days now we have our full days and we remember them entirely and it's so true it's so true and like it's funny that you say that because like I have someone else that did that for me so it's funny mm -hmm. that it's like a disease <laughs> it's like a contagious God. disease variety <laughs> like, transmitted disease. Legit, I'd be like I asked one of my girlfriends I'm like why do you look so good and she was like honestly I haven't had alcohol in like a year and I was like oh I should do that and that's actually what made me get sober well it's holy crap it's crazy like how much like I am I haven't changed a thing about the way I eat really at all in fact I probably eat worse because I'm like sugar baby any sugar and I never was like that and I can't even believe like the things that have happened to my body are totally blowing me away like just the bloating no more the yeah, I got I lost so I lost so much fucking weight and people are like what are you doing and I would be like, and it's so funny though, because when people ask you like, what are you doing? And you're like, I actually, I said I quit drinking. Like I still eat chocolate. I still eat cookies. I still eat pizza like once a week. I eat a cheeseburger pizza. Like I eat, I, I yeah. eat like, like spaghetti. Like I eat real food. I don't fucking <laughs> eat no carbs food. or any of that shit. You know what I mean? Like I don't follow a diet. I just eat real food. wake up and you're just like, where is it going? <laughs> I know. And I'm like, you're hungry all the time. Yes. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, it's, 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 it's literally. It, like... it also affected my menstrual cycle. It was weird. Really? When I first oh. quit, my menstrual cycle got a lot more stronger. It was like, and I lost so I couldn't believe how much weight I lost. It was actually like, it was wild. I didn't think I was like big before. I thought like the minimum I could get was like like one thirty ish, and then I lost ten whole pounds. And I was like, I haven't like been this like. I haven't weighed this light since I was like 12. So I was kind of concerned for myself. But then I went to the doctor and she's like, no, like everything's great. Like you're just super healthy. And I was like, what the that's all. You're like, and I all eat right. so much. Like, I'm, like, I, I'm like, I know I don't have an eating disorder, but I just keep losing weight. And like, there's I'm science behind it. Yeah, really I don't worry about what the fuck I eat. Like, you know. Okay, can you explain the science behind it? Because I really don't, I don't okay, understand. So, so the science behind it is your um liver processes toxins so your liver filters out everything right when your liver is overwhelmed where do the toxins go well your toxins can't go into your bloodstream or anything like that or else they'd be very very bad so when you um when your liver is overwhelmed it puts the toxins that it can't store stored in your fat that's where it stores the toxins that's why like people say like if you eat bacon like 
it can be really bad for you. It's also salted and shit, but like eating um, animal fat is like, can be really bad for you. And like, I can taste the difference. Like I'm a big like meat person. I love steaks. And when you eat like grass fed beef and you cut like a layer of the fat and eat it, you can taste the difference between like grass fed beef and like factory farm beef, right? Like I, or I can. So like toxins are stored in your fat. So when you're um, drinking a lot, even if you're in calorie deficit, you'll only burn fat that doesn't have a lot of toxins in it. So your problem areas usually have all the toxins in it. And that's why they're stubborn and you can't seem to lose the weight there because it's all the yeah. toxins being stored in your fat. So your liver will lose weight from brand other places where good fat stored when you're in calorie deficit, right? Or it'll burn yeah. muscles. But so when you're sober and you're like not even eating clean, I don't even want to fucking say that because I feel like that's like eating disorder shit, like gym yeah. guys that like, <laughs> you know, I don't want to say like, don't follow like a diet, but if you stop drinking then your liver can has time because you're not drinking a carcinogen like like alcohol also can cause cancer it's like ethanol it's it's really 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 fucking toxic for you and i don't like going on huge rants well i should go on more rants about that but like i don't like making you know the vegans that tell you that it's so evil yes and you're like fuck off like i don't want to become one of those people about alcohol but it's really fucking bad for you like really 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 bad for you no, yeah. it is. It 100 is. It, it makes it, it very easy to learn, like about what you're. It's fucking your terrible for you. So when you're putting this toxin in your body that, like, literally has been proven to cause cancer, it's used in jet fuel. It's ethanol. Period. It's terrible <laughs> for you. Your body doesn't have time to process your fat. So when you get sober, your liver does, and that's yeah. why, like, your skin is so amazing. Like, you'll notice, like, your skin is so nice. All of these yes. amazing things all of your organs are able to actually function how they're supposed to. We also yeah. didn't drink this high a percentage of alcohol ever in human history, ever, the way that we do now. Like wine in ancient Greece was like 4%. I didn't know that. Interesting. Yeah, we did not have the kind that. of technology to be able to drink alcohol in the level that we did. We just didn't have the processing technology that we do now and the fermentation technique was different. So everything was done like in the old school way where like you would actually have to like make it rot, like rotten potatoes was vodka or whatever. Um, And I mean, there were still, there's still vodka made in Russia, Poland, like you still had cocktail. Well, you didn't actually really have cocktails till prohibition, but that's because the prohibition made alcohol illegal. So you had to make it in your basement and it tasted really bad because it was like moonshine and strong. So then you yeah. added juices and shit to make it taste better. And that's how cocktails were invented. But for yeah. most of human history, we've drinking beer and wine and they're ex- like beer was like 2%. Yeah. So yeah. you so, have to drink it to feel. We it. haven't. Yeah. Like, like our society hasn't drinking like this ever, ever. Yeah. And no wonder there's, yeah, just booms of young humans that are worried about. And, and it's like the most dangerous most legal substance that's available it, i mean i think like it's like no, the number third th- number three like way to die in north america like it's like the third cause of death is like yeah. alcohol related death whether it's your yeah. health like liver cirrhosis or like accidents vehicular diabetes accidents, accidents. Yeah. um so yeah it's it's yeah. just like it's and domestic abuse most domestic abuse happens when there's alcohol involved like it's crazy the stats on it is like it's crazy and for women i just feel like women were sold this like dream of it and in every aspect of our life too it's like 
if you're in college, be a college girl. And then you graduate to being like a wine girl. And then you're a wine mommy and like all of the, yeah. like, I'm just like, this is like, this it's is just like, not. <laughs> it's, yeah, and they're like it's I have crazy. kids. I have to drink. Or like you go to home sense and the fucking glasses that hold a whole bottle with like mommy, <laughs> mommy's juice box on it. You're like, what the fuck is that? Like, yeah. it's so crazy. And it is, it's like, you think of what a, billions of trillions of dollars are in the industry and like we just buy into it and I remember watching videos where like this sort of thing was talked about when I was like silently struggling (laughs) (laughs) wow this is all I needed to know in order to stop and I would just like now I I listen to one podcast now I have the tools I need (laughs) yeah Oh God, I'm so glad. <laughs> so so glad. what? I'm I'm gonna press stop recording. So what? What was? What would be like the thing that you would tell your who you were before you quit? Like who? Who? What would you tell yourself before you quit when you were struggling? If you could talk to her now. Um. Oh. Oh. I. That is a really good question. I think just to learn, (laughs) I don't know. That's a really good question. I don't, I don't think I would talk to her. (laughs) I think everything has gone exactly the way it needed to go. I, what I learned is that you are the, no one can do this work for you. You are the only person who can make all the right decisions for you in your life when you are ready to do so. So I think I would just, you know what I would say to her? I would say, I love you and accept you, even though you're struggling, you are going to figure this out when the time is right. And everything that feels like the end of the world is going to be this wonderful lesson that you helps you to pass on a good message to other people who are struggling and that's like kind of like all I can hope for being a good reason to be on the planet at all I feel like I've had this big painful sore of like a whole this loneliness and in sobriety and in reaching out to people who've struggled in the same way I have it's filled. Like, I don't feel that loneliness anymore. And I feel like I have this purpose. And so all is well. And yeah, I just, I would just send her love, I think. Yeah, because you can't give her too many hints or she won't get so Yeah, <laughs> she won't figure it out on her own. She'll be like, yeah. oh, so can I help hold my hand through this and figure it out for me? No, it's all in you. And yeah, that's it. Well, thanks so much. I'm going to, don't hang up. I'm just going to press <laughs> stop recording. I tell that to everyone because I'm like, I don't want you to be like, bye. I'm just going to press stop recording. <laughs> so thank you so much, Sydney, for joining me. My heart thank is very you full. Thank so for having me. Oh, I, it was such a joy. And yeah, thank you. You're, you're doing an amazing thing.